Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we praise you, Lord, and we thank you for the days that we're in right now. We thank you for every aspect of our lives that we will grow closer to you in every in every way. Father, we pray that we will reside in the secret place of the Most High as an effort that we put forth to draw, draw in closer to you in all regards. And we thank you for everything. We praise you in accordance with First Thessalonians 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. Uh, we pray, Father God, that you will just absolutely anoint us with your presence in, in every manner and, and uh, draw us in closer. Father, if there's anything that is imperfect in our, in our walk, in our behaviors, in uh, the way that we feel about things, in our heart for the lord god tests the heart father we pray in the name of jesus that you will reveal these things to us that we may turn away from them and not do them anymore repent before your holy throne and continue in our walk of sanctification that we will come to the place that you want us all to reside in and to be ready to be able to receive the outpouring of the new wine into the into the the, uh, new wineskins that we are becoming father in our efforts to walk in the, the presence of your holiness we thank you, Father, for the power that you have given us. We thank you for that, for helping us to understand how powerful that power actually is and, um, and, 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 ha- and, and making it a reality in our lives and our walks, uh, particularly for the days that we see coming uh, ahead of us. Uh, we are going to need to be able to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit even more so as we progress. And uh, we are very blessed tonight uh, by uh, the, you know, just, just the anointed blessing of having Brother and Pastor Stephen Brooks joining us tonight. What a, what an incredible blessing! Thank you, Jesus, and uh, and we just thank you, Father, because you know he, they they could have just as easily said no. It happens a lot, and uh, we just take this as a sign from you that this is an important message. A very I know it is. I, I believe in my heart, and I and and uh, Pastor Brooks 
Acts was the one, uh, the, the author of the book, How to Operate in the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, was the one that the Lord had used for me to understand years after I knew about the 1111 phenomenon uh, that is uh, highly spiritual and a wonderful sign from the Holy Spirit. We praise you, Jesus. Uh, you know, many, many years, five, six, seven years after I had already begun to already know it. I knew it in my heart. I knew it spiritually. I had testimonies from people all over the world that it was happening to them. And then there I sat with the book, uh, How to Operate in the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, written by Pastor Brooks in there it was, right in the text, and I just about fell off my seat. I praise you, Father, for your confirmations. They are undeniable. They are supernatural, and if we keep our eyes, our ears open and sensitive, we will hear your voice continuously talking to us if we will pay attention and if we are not operating in sin. If we are, as uh, Psalm 66:18 says, if I have iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. And we do not want to be in that place in our walk. It says in 1 Peter 3, 7, it says when it's talking about a husband and wife not getting along, it says that my prayers would not be hindered. And we do not want to be in that place in our walk. We want to be walking in a continuous state of confession of our sins. We want to draw in closer to you and through uh, through our self-examination, 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, uh, chapter 11, uh, verse 28, 31, and 32. We want to be as holy and pure in our walk as we possibly can. We know that this takes an effort, and we know uh, that, uh, that uh, you will anoint us through praise and worship, because when we ask for things, Mark 11, 23, uh, John 14, 12, 13 to 14, we know that when we ask for these things that you will give them to us, but we, but part of that walk, part of that walk is the test. Uh, it, you know, the Lord God tests the righteous, and we can never get to a place where we doubt. We can never get to a place where we uh, falter like um, uh, like the Israelites did in the early, in their early part, well, the whole time they were in the desert, uh, Psalm 78, 41, and again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. We never want to get to a place where we limit you, Father. And we praise you for that walk. We praise you for the awakening. We praise you for the revelation. We thank you for the things that are happening across the world to keep us on the edge of our seats. We thank you for the time as we see it growing ever more near to the glory of our transformation and hopefully being chosen, not just called, and to be able to stand directly in your presence, Lord Jesus. We give you all the praise, worship, and honor and glory, both now and forever. Amen. Watch and pray For I would come for you one day I gave you my word so you would know The time I'd come and take you home It's time for you to look around The signs I gave for coming down Don't be called a sleeping blind You don't want to be left 
God, thank you, Jesus. And we are blessed tonight to have Pastor Stephen Brooks, the author of How to Operate in the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's been on Sid Roth uh, talking about this message and some other messages. And I also discovered, looking, I wasn't really doing an investigation on him. I was already very, very uh, pleased and, and, and blessed uh, to have had the Lord use him and the words that he wrote about the 1111 phenomenon in his book, How to Operate in the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. I was blessed to have the Lord confirm that for me about five or six years after um, I. I had already known about it. Um, and th- that's, that's huge. Okay. So when you have, when you're very, very blessed as I was uh, to, to already know about it, believe it with, from the bottom of your heart and be, tend to be essentially to coin the phrase to operate in that belief and that knowing in your heart. Uh, and then, you know, many, many years later to have another Christian uh, such as uh, pastor Stephen Brooks, uh, you know, in a book that you just randomly picked up. I just, I just went on, I just searched for it on, I, I didn't search for this book, by the way, I searched for a book. Uh, of of a similar title uh, because I wanted to learn. I wanted to to learn more. And um, uh, you know, because you know, when you when you're hungry for the Lord, you 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 can't get enough. Okay, that's just how it is. Praise God. All right. So anyway, um, and that by the way is you know for all of those out there who are probably occasional listeners or pop in and out and still you know think I'm a complete raving lunatic, which is fine. Um, uh, you know, eventually it is highly likely, although not guaranteed that the Lord will bring you to a special place where he will, you know, help you along, you know, it depends, depends. Uh, and you'll be like, Oh my goodness, he's not such a raving lunatic after all. And the Lord will reveal things to you. Um, uh, you know, from the seeds that have been planted from prior shows, perhaps, or you will move on and go somewhere else and learn whatever it is that the Lord wants you to learn from some other source. Praise God. Uh, you know, and, uh, that's fine. All right. So anyway, praise Jesus. I know I don't get myself, you know, like a bee in my bonnet and, and, and such. I know that people, you know, jump around and I praise Jesus for every single listener of the program. We've had over 4.6 million listens. Now, a lot of those are repeat listens. So those numbers can be confusing, uh, you know, over the last 11 years. Um, most of them I would submit are, but, you know, people do come and go. And I do praise God for every single individual who has taken the time uh, after they thought that I was a raving lunatic to come back to me later, in some cases, three, four years later, and send me an email and say, you know, Johnny, I used to think you were a raving lunatic. But now I've looked into some things and I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious, praise God for your ministry, you know, and so praise Jesus for that. You know, um, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, if you sit still, you're just going to be stuck where you're at. Uh, growing in the Lord uh, takes a hunger that oftentimes leads you out of typical churchianity. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that a lot of 
Christians will go they'll go the extra mile. That's why a lot of a lot of churchianity churches uh, now they're not all, not all cut from the same cookie cutter. There's over 33,000 different denominations across the world, and we know that they're not all you know. And I and it would be nice, praise Jesus, if we were all one, you know, one body. But unfortunately, we live in a time uh, that the Bible predicted prophetically in multiple places. There will come a time, as the Bible says, there will come a time, and we are now in that time. Praise God. Uh, and, and it's very, very exciting, but at the same time, we got a lot of harvest to do. we got a lot of work to do. we got a lot of people's lives to touch. We've got uh, opportunities now that we never had before to be able to fill people's gas tanks. I mean, at the prices that they are right now, if that person doesn't, isn't, you know, if you, and don't forget to say that this came from Jesus, because you would never do that without the touch of the Lord Jesus Christ on your heart. That's how you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that when you do something that kind for somebody, that it's coming from Christ in you, for it is no longer you who lives, but Jesus who lives in you. Praise God. All right. So anyway, um, I, I think this is exciting because, you know, we have plenty of time to talk about the end time stuff. And I do have to go right into the headlines because I'm going to run out of time tonight for sure. And since Pastor Brooks is not familiar with how tribulation now works, uh, and I did, you know, kind of give him a, a, you know, I sent him a little email to kind of, you know, just, just a little, you know, paragraph or whatever to just say, this is how we work. You know, uh, Pastor Stephen will be able to talk as he feels led, et cetera. Because uh, a, a lot of guests oftentimes think it's going to be more like a Sid Roth type of a deal where, uh, you know, Mr. Roth wants to ask questions and it's a, it's a back and forth thing. Um, we, we, as you all know, you listeners, uh, are, and especially the ones that have been with us for over 10 years, you know how, how we like to do things. We like to turn it over to the Lord, let the person speak freely. Um, and, and you know what we know as part of the body of Christ, that it is almost uh, ridiculous in a, in, a, in a weird sort of way when you consider our, you know, the human nature of our humanness, which is really what the Bible calls the flesh, uh, you know, it's just not normal for uh, anyone to, any two people in the body of Jesus Christ to have one thousand, you know, to be 100% uh, in uh, agreement with one another. But that doesn't mean that we don't love one another, and that's how iron sharpens iron. You know, we don't, you know, if now if, if you're a little bit puffed up and you think that you figured it all out, well, that, that wouldn't be the ideal place to be in your walk, because it's very difficult to grow in, in, in Christ or in your understanding of different things. And I think it's a blessing to, to you know, it, it, to me, I have so many people that, you know, over the years, what has happened, and it, it kind of makes me very sad. In some cases, it breaks my heart uh, that will bring somebody on the program, and they just assume, I don't know, that I've had some sort of Vulcan mind grip with them or something, and that we automatically agree on 100% of everything that we talk about. And I'm like, you know, because they'll go and they'll start listening to that ministry, and then they'll be befuddled because there'll be something that that ministry teaches, and they're like, well, Johnny brought him on his show, so it, he must agree. Well, it's just not how Christianity works. Um, people, you know, I can tell you that, um, you know, my family, as I grew up over the last, it seems like a bazillion years, I feel old as Moses sometimes, but anyway, uh, you know, being, being, you know, ripe old age of 60 right now, uh, you know, and uh, in and out, you know, just all kinds of, my family has had, you know, tongue in cheek kind of smiley uh, comments and stuff where we were talking about our walk in sanctification through the churches uh, that we had been a part of over our lives. And one of my sisters, uh, Marilyn, which I think she nails it sometimes, and then, you know, it just depends. But anyway, uh, she, uh, she would say, uh, well, sometimes we outgrow 
you know, a particular church that we're in, uh, you know, and that that's actually very, very true. Now, um, you know, and then there's also the dynamics when, when you know, a, a, you know, you're listening to a program such as this that tackles some of the most advanced uh, subjects that really, in order to pull them all together, you have to start, you know, remember that the 1611 King James had 14 books of the Apocrypha in it, all right, that were taken out later. Um, you've also got 22 books in the Bible that were mentioned in the Bible, but, and one of them was Judah which, by the way, is still labeled as Apocrypha, but it was mentioned explicitly in the 66-book canon. But, you know, unfortunately, we, we tend to, you know, shove God into a tiny little 12-ounce can, and then we wonder, you know, we don't try to understand the mysteries. Proverbs 25, verse 2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal with the matter and the glory of kings to search out the matter. And I think that since we're all hopefully going to become priests and kings, that would be a good thing if you were a medicoy, a fellow sufferer of Christ, praise God. And part of the ruling class of Jesus Christ, you know, and, and that's where we should all be shooting for. That's that we should be hungry for God. We should want to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this is a great opportunity to learn whatever uh, Pastor Stephen has been shown over the years. And I do believe he was taken heaven. I saw something indicating that when I was uh, looking for I wanted his photograph to be able to put it on the, on the show this morning. And that's where I stumbled across a little bit more of his work. So maybe he'll talk a little bit about that, too, which is awesome. Praise God. But again. Um, remember, 1 Corinthians 8, 2, this is very important. If anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet, as they ought to know. All right? I wish that the whole body of Jesus Christ would embrace that scripture and get themselves a T-shirt and wear it. Because if they did, there would be a lot less puffed-upness out there and a lot more um, harmony in the body of Christ. And we would get past our differences, and we would all be mighty powerful in that flow of the Holy Spirit. And um, and there wouldn't be so much uh, discord, which our Heavenly Father considers to be a great abomination unto him, which is in Proverbs 6, 16, 17, 18. Praise God. All right. But anyway, um, you know, we need to get past our differences. And it's, a, it's, it's just a, it's a shame. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, very sad thing. And um, so anyway, uh, but when we do find someone who is kind enough, uh, who doesn't get a bee in their bonnet and set their hair on fire and go running around, oh, my gosh, that person doesn't believe exactly as I do. Therefore, it's anathema to the – it's anathema. It's anathema. And they go running around, oh, it's a her- heretical. And, you know, unfortunately, we live in some really creepy, weird times. I mean, I mean, I don't think anybody would debate that. And And you could go in – you know, endlessly and give examples of that. And we all know about it and we'd rather not have to partake or even be aware of it. Quite frankly, you know, um, sometimes I, to myself, I even jokingly said, uh, where is the, um, uh, you know, the blue pills. <laughs> you know, sometimes you want to take the blue pills back uh, and uh, get rid of the red pills. But anyway, it is what it is. Praise God. Ecclesiastes 118 is very clear. Uh, as we gain knowledge and wisdom, all right, we, you know, we become more sorrowful and sad, and 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 it's because we understand things that um are troubling to our hearts. Praise God, uh, but uh, but through Christ and through the revelation of our eventual move, you know, uh, trans, you know, you know becoming like him, you know, uh, as Christ, as we transform, uh, praise God, uh, and are brought, you know, into heaven, uh, you know, out of this uh, clay body that we're stuck in, uh, praise Jesus. And then, uh, you know, we got a lot to look forward to. Colossians 3, 2, you know, uh, keep your mind stayed on things above and not on things of this world. And that is a very hard thing to do when you're surrounded by ugly. 
Anyway, praise God. So anyway, on that note, uh, believe it or not, I there's so much to talk about in the headlines, kids. I'm sorry, but we're going to have to skip over to you tonight. Oh, doggone it. You just make me, when, you, when you're all, okay, all right, kids, we're, we'll do a little bit. Okay, kids, what's worse than raining cats and dogs? Hailing taxis. <laughs> you know, taxis falling from the sky. <laughs> Come on, kids. I mean, I, I know. I, okay. Now, 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 kids, let me ask you a question. Is it okay with you if I go into the news? Because I don't want to hold up Brother Stephen, uh, you know, because he's, he's not familiar with tribulation now. So, you know, if I run 10 minutes over on the news, he's going to be like, okay, I was supposed to call in at 8 o'clock. So are you kids okay with that? Is that all right? Ah, daggone it. Okay, one more then. How does a penguin build a house? It glues it together. It glues its igloo. Get it? It glues it together? Okay, come on, kids. All right. I got to take care of the Jesus kids or else they'll go, uh, you know, they'll start, uh, well, whatever. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now. All right. Let's go into the news. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, it's not normal. Game over. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And for those who forget this verse, it's very important if you're a listener who is unaccustomed to being joyful, happy, and even thinking of uh, things that are funny uh, during some pretty dark times. We have to remember, again, First First Thessalonians 5, verses 16, 17, and 18, we're supposed to be praising God. We're supposed to be uh, praising God in all things, good and bad. That's also covered in Ecclesiastes 7, 14. Uh, we, uh, you know, uh, Job even said, uh, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Wow, that's pretty deep. And then, of course, we got Psalm 126, verse 2, where it says, Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. Then they said amongst the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. Why would that be? Because they were keeping their minds stayed on things above and giving praise to God in all things, even the stuff that, uh, you know, is kind of awful. <laughs> I know, I know. It's hard to do that, but we got to. We got to. Um, let me tell you something, folks. The Lord God tests the righteous, and sometimes those tests last a long time. Part of the test is the test itself. Again, it, it, you know, this is part of the walk, and sometimes we have to, we have the faith up. We got to be praising Jesus all the time, no matter how difficult the, t- the times are that we are in, because that can be part of the test. Sometimes the test is the length of time that the test takes. And that could be an indeterminable period of time that only God knows. Therefore, you must praise him at all times. If you truly believe, then you're going to praise God for things that you ask for, even though you don't see see it happening in your flesh. Get it? So we got to remember to praise in all things. And praise is so supernaturally powerful. I could do five hours on that probably. But anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's go ahead and go into the news. Here we go. All right, so for those of you out there who do not, not what a, what an amazing thing! I had this big home maintenance thing, contractors crawling all over the house Friday, which caused me to have to postpone or move the prayer video out, which I hate. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, you know, I don't like doing that. I, I you know, I just anyway. But anyway. So uh, I I find it most interesting that that dynamic occurred. At the same time that the Supreme Court is uh, releasing the information about Roe versus Wade being overruled. Now, 
What happened, of course, is what we expected, and we probably expected to get worse. It probably will get worse over time if the NGOs and Soros and all the uh, Antifa people and all the weirdness that's been going on and happened during the BLM stuff, if that kind of stuff continues forward. But see, here's the thing. Watch out for that. Because there's, okay, this is a complex, from an end time standpoint, this is a very complicated, duplicitous, and paradoxical issue. And I'm going to explain that to you, but most people will not get this. All right. First and foremost, the midterms scare the heck, the heck out of the, uh, we'll just call them the Dems, because that's the popular term for them. All right. And I, you know, I, again, we are citizens, our citizenship is in heaven. All right. If we are friends with the world, then we are at enmity with God. This is out of the book of James. All right. Are you with this? Holiness is this is disconnecting yourself from the concerns of the world and focusing your time on your first love, Jesus. Okay, so anyway, but we do want to keep our eyes on these things. We are commanded to watch and pray, uh, and we are in those times for sure right now. So anyway, um, this is a complex issue with the Roe versus Wade, because it's a ruling that basically allows the individual states to set up their own rules. And of course, Christianity is out there celebrating and jumping for joy, which I can completely understand. Amen. Praise God. However, we are dealing with a fantastically challenging double-edged sword. And you might be like, what do you mean, Johnny? Well, the problem is that we don't think in terms of big things. We look at things myopically. First and foremost, if the evil ones, the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate, and I'm not going to get into you know the details of that. I've covered it zillions of times. I don't even know. But anyway, um, uh, if we, if the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate has a mission. They know what they want to do, the Global Reset, the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, all that weirdness. All right, we know what's going on, and we know what their plan is, all right, because we are wise as serpents, but we are gentle and loving as doves. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, all that being said, and we're not from here, really, just like Jesus said, if, 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 if my servants were from here, they would fight, but we are not from here. My kingdom is not from here. That's what he told Pontius Pilate, you see. You've got to remember that. We don't. That's who we are. We are beings of light and love, and we are waiting for our opportunity to get out of here through Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Now, all that being said, as we look on the things that are happening around us in the world and we watch and pray as we are commanded to and not get involved because we're holy, um, we, we see all these dynamics. And, there's, and there's multi this is so complicated that I could spend an hour trying to go through all the complexities of it. So essentially, the, we'll just call them, we'll just say the good Christians, let's just try to generalize a little bit to make things a little bit simple. The good Christians out there, the ones who understand, for the most part, the Bible, they would be very, very joyous that Roe versus Wade was overturned. Amen. Why wouldn't they be? Now then, the problem that exists is that there are those who are, let's just say, less obedient Christians or Christian-like, little c Christians, and they don't really understand such things, and they believe that they can be LGBT, LMNOP, and everything is going to be just fine. I'm not going to name names. I won't do it, because we never know when that person's going to confess of their sins and turn themselves over to Jesus and become who they ought to be. So it's never good to be dropping names. Our Father doesn't like that. Now, all that being said, 
here's some of the complexities. One of the complexities is we are coming up. Why wouldn't the Global Santanic Crime Syndicate release all hellfire upon the earth right now, like they did with BLM and all that kind of stuff? Antifa and all that. January 6th, which we know was a, is absolutely a travesty against all things. This country is just, oh gosh. But anyway, I'm not going to get into all those details. Uh, we, we, sh- we ought to know by now that we were being played like a fiddle by Satan. But that means that God has lifted his hand of protection off the earth to some degree. Now, that again, that comes from the book of Job in particularly chapter one. Now, anyway, all that, all that aside, God is in control. Now, one of the reasons why the Global Santana Crime Syndicate may put a kibosh, may stop the uh, NGO-funded, evil, Antifa, blah, 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 BLM-type stuff, might, might put a kibosh on it and stop it from turning into this massive, massive, fiery protest over Roe versus Wade. It's because if they do that, if it does turn into a fiery protest and the entire country catches on fire and there's all kinds of, you know, uh, bad stuff happening as it did with BLM. What will happen is uh, it will work against the midterm election dynamic. Okay, so then the people. So, okay, so think about this is complicated now. This is this is so complicated that if you don't if you don't have your head together and you don't think really really hard, you're not going to get it. The typical myopic Christian that doesn't see things from the throne room of God, when they are looking at things from their little world, their worldview, they're 50 miles from home. They, you know, it's just that's where they see things. They're going to say, praise Jesus. This is wonderful. Hallelujah. And jump for joy and all that kind of stuff. And it's completely understandable. All right. However, the dynamics that are not being seen is the fact of the matter that they're now granted this. This is a, an area of great contention. But if you go out on Facebook or any social media right now, what you're going to see is an abomination taking place across the world right in front of other people. Unbelievers that we should never act. We are commanded to love one another. And that Jesus said that is how they will. That is how the unbelievers will know me. They will see the love of Christ between you as part of the body. The problem is we're, we're, we're projecting the opposite right now over the social media. Now, this has been going on for a really long time, but never before like it is happening right now. There is more hatred, venom being spewed across social media right now because there are large groups of Christians out there that believe it's okay to be LGBT, LMNOP, and kill babies. That's a problem. Okay, because that's, you know, an abomination under our father and it gets complicated. And so now we have Christianity fighting with Christianity, which, by the way, was something that Jesus called out in the Olivet Discourse in Mark in, in Mark 13, Matthew 24 and Luke 21. All right. Now we see the world set up for the persecution of the Christians, even in the United States of America, whereby those who believe that they ought to be able to kill babies are going to be out there burning down churches, throwing bombs at them and all that kind of stuff. Now, why might the Soros crowd and the WEF and all the other BLM and Antifa people put a kibosh on that and stop it and not fund it? Because if they go, these people go nuts, nutso about it, then what will happen is it will have a negative effect for the Dems during the midterm election. 
They don't want the world, the whole world, let's just look, they don't want all of the people in the United States to, to look at all the fires being set and all the horrible things happening and all the cars being overturned over this, because if it does, it's going to become, they're going to be, the people of the, of the country will be pointing to the Democrats and saying, look, look at them, they're burning down the whole country over this. And, of course, that will cause the people that are a little bit on the fence and annoyed by the dynamics of Obama, the Obama-Biden regime, the evil, satanic global crime syndicate coming out of a World Economic Forum. They would, they would look at it, and they would go, well, I want to vote Republican. I'm going to vote against my normal Democratic trending. I'm going to, you know, because I don't want this. I don't want a life like this. You get what I'm saying? So they got to control this. Or it will have a negative, it will have a ricochet negative effect against the midterm elections. Now then, but there's another dynamic that's in play. This is a paradox of all paradoxes. This is the most biggest, most amazing, humongous paradox that our Heavenly Father has probably uh, uh, ever allowed to be created. So on one hand, we should be really happy that Roe versus Wade was reversed. But on the other hand, it doesn't stop the Democrats from before, you know, because they've got plenty of time before 2024, and they're very concerned about the midterms. So what happens? Now all of the, quote, Christians that consider themselves to be evangelical Christians that believe it's okay to be LGBT, LMNOP, and believe it's okay to kill babies, which is millions, by the way, Generation Xers, Generation Zers, Generation, uh, you know, Millennials, all of them going to the churches. What do you think they believe? Right. And those are millions and millions of people. The problem is that those of us who were born in the 50s and the 60s, I was 62 when I was born, and I'm telling you, we come from a generation that doesn't understand the, the, the Generation Xers. We don't understand the Generation Zers. We don't understand the Millennials. We don't understand how they think. And we got AOC. We've got um, Muslim people. And the, the situation in government, we, the, the, the situation is not good. And we all ought to know that by now. Now, all that being said, here's the problem. They are going to play this. They're going to try to institute. You can, they've already said it. They said it publicly. They're pushing very hard to institute a constitutional amendment at the federal level that says that all the states must allow abortion, which, by the way, is a more powerful way to mandate it than Roe versus Wade ever was, because that was only a precedent. So we have a very dangerous dynamic in play right now, which has separated uh, churchianity, and now they're at, at odds with each other, making us all look as we ought to look, because that's how most of churchianity actually behaves, which is very unchristlike. It's antichrist. Now, anyway, so we're in a very weird dynamic now. So that so, so there, this is an, a situation whereby the global satanic crime syndicate can use it to their favor, which they're notorious for doing. And then they can institute a federal, but th that depends on the midterms because they got to be able to get it through the Congress. You cannot, this can't be done by executive order. So in this particular case, we, the midterms are absolutely critical. They have got to hurry, scramble, get the, the legislation in place, get, you know, while they still have control over the legislature. You see what I'm saying? And they can't get, they can't cause or you know they can't do the Antifa BLM thing because if they do that everybody in the world is going to go oh no look at those people and they're and they're going to all you know then they lose their opportunity to milk 
this for their own purposes in such a manner. Oh, shame on those darn Republicans. Shame on those Republicans. Shame on them for being proper Christians. Shame, shame, shame. This is a health issue. We need an emergency uh, constitutional amendment right now. Shame on them. And then all of these little C Christians are going to be out there going, we got to vote against those evil Republicans. At that point, they don't care about the price of gas. They figure it's a transitory anyway. They figure it's only going to be a little while. They're not really tuned in. They're myopic. They don't see the things that are happening on a global level. Don't you see? The problem here is it's a much bigger problem than most people realize. I know it's a lot to digest. I know it's complicated. It is a paradox. Should we be happy? Yes. Should we be concerned? Yes. This is, this is not, nowhere near as simple as people think it, ought, think it is. Okay, and believe you me, folks, you know, this is, look, John, Jesus said prophetically, he said, in John 16, too, he said, they will kick you out of the synagogues. Yes, there will come a time that they kill you and think that they are doing God a service. But they do this because they do not know the Father nor me. Well, if they're kicking you out of synagogues, what does that prophetically mean? They're kicking you out of the church. You see where I'm heading with this. We are heading into that time where Christians will turn against Christians, where the firebombs are coming from other little C Christians, which, by the way, will be heavily funded by George Soros and the NGOs and the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and all the other Nazis that are running the world right now into the ground. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. We praise God in all things. Praise his holy name. We thank you, Jesus, for the days that we are in right now. And may they keep them on the edge of our seat. Hallelujah. All right. Amen. So anyway, that was a very important thing that I had to get out to everybody. And I know that I had to talk fast and forgive me, but I have limited time. And uh, it's very complicated. Praise Jesus. What's going to happen? We do not know. Only our Father knows. Okay? We watch and pray. We are citizens of heaven, Philippians 3.20, I believe it is. All right, uh, praise God. So, um, you know, th- th- our citizenship is in heaven. We keep our minds stayed on things above, not on things of this world. But, you know, if we are, uh, you know, friends with the earth, we are at enmity with God in James. All right, th- these are, are critical scriptures. If we are holy, we are separated from these things. Okay, we, we're, we're not, you know, th- anyway. So praise God, thank you, and power. I mean, folks, prayer, are you kidding me? It is bar none the most important thing in our lives. We always go, we always say things that are absolutely wrongful. I, I can't even imagine what Jesus must be thinking, what our Father must be thinking when we say things and we go, well, I've tried everything I could do, and the only thing left is prayer. And I'm like, excuse me? Woody, you got your world upside down. It's the other way around. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah for prayer. The problem is we're impatient, and we test God. Again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. We tempt him. Praise God. All right. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and move in through the news because we're down to 17 minutes where we're going to bring on Pastor Brooks live. I'm very excited about having him tonight. Glory be to Jesus. And again, that 1111 thing, I quote it plenty of times, and I have it marked in my Kindle version of his book, and I also have the I think I also have the paper book, but anyway, I, I, I know as a fact, I'm pretty sure I have the paper version. But anyway, praise Jesus. Let's go ahead and go into the news. Here we go.
I praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Again, Supreme Court rushes to end of term like no other, as it reported prior to Friday. And they're still talking about um, Clarence Thomas. I'm not going to get into all this. There's a lot of sociopolitical, interesting dynamics going on in the Supreme Court, and I'm not going to talk about that because that could, that's for other radio shows. Praise God. But, you know, but anyway, but Clarence Thomas wants to get rid of the LGBT stuff and all that other stuff. So stand by and, you know, and you're all going, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But uh, just remember. There's more than me to the eye here. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up, Charisma News reports, Roe versus Wade is history. Faith and pro-life leaders are rejoicing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Be careful. All right, so anyway, thank you, Jesus. Remember, watch and pray. Just don't let yourself. Okay, so, okay, and then there was a, a cartoon that was recently released, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, it, it, and, and it says, uh, on the left, you've got a donkey, which is representative of the Democratic Party, and it says, American crisis, the economy, education, the border, crime, inflation, supply chain, food shortages, no baby formula, and the uh, donkey is holding up, it's, uh, holding up a sign that says, vote Democrat in 2022. Look, abortion is at risk. See, abortion hasn't been obliterated. It's just at risk. And in some states it has. But I'm just saying how easy it is for them to flip this around in their favor and use it against the midterms, which, of course, would completely make the Republican Party impotent again for another couple of more years while everyone's hoping that Donald Trump is going to come back and fix everything. Right? And please, whatever you do, do not make Donald Trump your savior. Jesus is your first love. You can watch and pray all you want. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. We can't get by. Indigenous people keep up protests in Ecuador. Thousands of indigenous people have joined a national strike in Quito, Ecuador, to demand a government action upon rising costs. So you have to understand in the poorer countries, Africa, Ecuador, different places across the world, uh, Indonesia, they're getting crushed by these sanctions. So really, what are we accomplishing? Starvation. We're, we're accomplishing essentially everything that Jesus warned us about in the Olivet Discourse. Pestilence, famine, you name it, everything. Uh, mothers ch- going against children and children going against, you know, all this. Uh, John 16, 2 again, you know, they, you know, they will kick you out of the churches. Yes, there will come a time that, you know, say the synagogue, you got to transfer it over to ter- churches because we're talking about today. It's, it's, it's uh, lines upon lines, precepts upon precepts, here a little, there a little. Thank you, Jesus, for spiritual discernment. Praise you, Father. Again, but in the poorer countries are getting body slammed by these things. So what are, what's happening? More babies are dying. More people are starving. More of the things that Jesus warned about in the Olivet Discourse are happening on a global level. That's what's happening. But we tend to, you know, stay, we live our whole lives within 50 miles of where we were grown up, and we think whatever we're told to think, don't we, as a general rule. But we've got to try to fight that because we're supposed to be wise as serpents. And who are the ones doing all the bad things across the world? The serpents. Get it? All right, amen. Praise God. World Net Daily reports. Hallelujah. Europe is hit with travel chaos as top airlines cancel 3,100 flights. And this is happening all over the United States as well. Travel is turning into an absolute insanity again. Uh, oh, and by the way, the monkeypox thing is on a rise. And they've got other diseases and things that they're starting to warn people about. So buckle up. All right, amen. Praise God. Remember, watch and pray. And don't forget how powerful your prayer is. It is bar none, the 
most powerful thing. It, you, as uh, Charles Spurgeon said, uh, you know, that anyone who, who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal, providing that you have the faith to praise God for that which you do not see. Remember, Jesus said to, to, uh, to uh, uh, you know, um, Thomas, he said, you know, blessed are they who believe and do not see. All right. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go on. Livewire. Pro-abortion protests escalate across America's major cities. Rioters attack the pro-life women in Seattle. Insurrection in Phoenix. They went and, you know, did a... January 16 on that. Yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely. And mobs shut down major freeways in Los Angeles. And Tifa arrives at the Supreme Court. Bum, bum, bum. World Net Daily reports Satanists claim that they are entitled to abortion as a religious right. And by the way, the demons come down and from their spiritual evil seething stench of a realm, and they actually drink blood. You know, that's how they get power. It's pretty horrible. But anyway, I don't even want to go into that. All right. U.S. Supreme Court on Friday overturned Roe versus ready to fall. And, you know, and that goes into how these satanic groups are like, hey, this is a religious right. Whatever. God is in control. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Fox News reports. Live updates. Leftists descend on the Supreme Court hurling violent threats after Roe versus Wade is overturned. I'm just, you know, repeating some of the things that were reported yesterday. Uh, and uh, and again, uh, we know some of the stuff that happened. I, I am, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to have to see how it all goes. But my, like I said, my suspicion is they're going to not fund a massive burn down the city type of thing, uh, the, the Global Santana Crime Syndicate, because I believe it will work against the midterm elections. And they have an agenda. That's my guess. All right. Now I could be wrong and there's still be there's still going to be people that are going to uh, but it just I just don't think it's going to be funded by the Global Santana Crime Syndicate. That's all. All right. Next one up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Vandals target Virginia Pro-Life Center with menacing graffiti. You are not safe. And by the way, what an opportunity to do false flag attacks against the church or false flag attacks against any, um, you know, of these of uh, Clinics that support this stuff, you know, burn them down, throw, you know, people throwing grenades and Molotov cocktails and all that kind of stuff. And then they blame it on who? Blame it on the Christian. Get it? Well, that would bring what? Christian persecution. Hey, but that was what Jesus warned us about, didn't he? Hmm. Well, got to think about this. Praise God. Next one up. New York Post reports Christian Pregnancy Center in Colorado vandalized and burned following the Roe Wade reversal. Are we going to see more of this? Next one up. Los Angeles Police Department arrests a man accused of attacking an officer with a torch burning uh, during abortion rights protests. And they actually have this. It's just awful. This, this stuff is just amazing. It's unbelievable. Another headline reads, abortion rights activists set fire to a United States flag at a Washington, D.C. rally. On Friday, it just goes on. It just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. The question is, how bad? I mean, did it, did, again, does a crime syndicate shut it down? I don't know. I don't know. What happens if they don't fund it? Like, you know, the whole BLM thing and all that kind of stuff. The George Floyd stuff. Huh? I don't know. This is very interesting. All right. Praise God. Next one up. 
Like in a zombie apocalypse, chanting pro-abortion activists besiege Arizona Senate in videos, and they're bamming on the windows, bam, 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 and all this. And uh, yeah, yeah, the police actually did what they should have done. See, the police it, 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 at the January 6th event, which we know is a false flag event, uh, they opened the doors, and they invited the people into the trap. They invited the people inside the Capitol complex. But, of course, those videos will never be seen by the committee that is committing a heretical um, disservice to the country. But anyway, you know, we need to believe the narrative, don't we? No, we don't. Watch 2000mules.com in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That's why the uh, Republican Party in Texas uh, made a uh, written uh, 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 resolution that Joe Biden is not the president of the United States. It's pretty dramatic. And actually threatened on paper to secede from the United States, which, by the way, the seceding of states from the Union is what caused the 19 uh, – or sorry, the 1863 Civil War. So stand by for that because Dimitri Dudeman in his book, Through the Fire Without Burning, saw that as a prerequisite event in the United States before things got super duper bad. All right, next one up. Washington Post reports, bring rifles, extremist groups cause for violence over abortion ruling. Hmm. Well, we'll have to watch and see what happens. I don't know. All right, praise God. Next one up. Department of Homeland Security memo. Violent extremism is likely in the wake of Roe versus Wade decision. Okay, and, and there's one right after another. Here's one from the Washington Free Beacon. Squad members call on Biden to declare a public health emergency in the wake of the Roe ruling. We can't have this. People will die. In a minute. Seems a little weird, don't it? Next one up. CNN Politics reports a stunning moment in American history decades in the making will reshape politics. Talk about listening to Satan speak. If you want to listen to the words coming out of Satan's mouth, all you got to do is turn on CNN. And here it is. It'll reshape politics, reshape politics, reshape politics, reshape politics. Midterm elections right around the corner. Goodness gracious. It's not that hard to see it, but it's there. It's just like right in front of you. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. The Epic Times reports FBI raids the home of a retired couple. Yes, they were sipping tea and saying, oh, praise Jesus. We uh, finally got to retirement. We're in our 70s now. You know, this is our time to spend time with the Lord. And then the FBI raids their house, bashes down the door, goes in, puts guns in front of their face. Whoops. Oops, oopsie daisy. Yeah, it was a case of mistaken identity. <laughs> Can you believe this? Oh. Uh. Anyway, praise Jesus, hallelujah. We praise God in all things. Next one up. Frustration growing amongst the United States allies as Russia sanctions backfire. Wait a minute, let me think about this. Is that really true? Hey, yes it is. Whatever. Obama, Biden, Obama, Biden. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Hallelujah. This is the news reports. Former homosexual says silencing Christians is LGBT LMNOP's agenda's main objective. Hmm. Interesting. Next one up. 
Thousands rally in Germany, Munich, ahead uh, Munich, Germany, uh, ahead of the G7 summit. And then, of course, who knows what's going to come out of all that noise. All right, praise God. The next one up. Germany triggers a gas supply alarm stage. Okay, so now they're all shifting over to burning coal because there's less and less gas coming through the LNG pipeline, the you know liquid uh, natural gas pipeline uh, uh, from from Russia. Uh, the problem is that uh, one of the because of all the warring going on back and forth, and I'm not going to get into all that stuff. Gazprom lost one of their major pumps, and they're like saying, Russia, don't cut us off, don't cut us off, and you know because they want you know they don't want to obey the Obama Biden sanctions. They need to survive in the winter. So now they're firing up all kinds of coal plants as a, as a plan B because Gazprom is pumping you know less LNG and and it's not and Russia's coming out and saying hey it, it isn't us uh, you know the, the Ukrainian army has blown up one of the pumps and we can't get the doggone thing fixed they sent the pump on the Gazprom pipeline they sent the pump over to Canada and thanks to Obama Biden uh, Russian sanctions they won't fix the pump because they're murderers. Let God take care of that. We watch and pray. Wise as serpents, gentle as doves. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Pray and praise in all things. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. Next one up. Glory to God. Russia to supply nuclear-capable missiles to Belarus. Things are heating up. Next one. China threatens military action. We see that stuff heating up over there around Taiwan on a weekly basis. Praise God. Here's another headline. It's very troubling. WFP announces cuts in food rations for refugees in the East Western Africa due to lack of funds. So now some of the most poor people on the face of the earth are suffering. They're, it's like 50%. 50% of their food rations from the WFP are going bye-bye. Why? Because of the rations. Don't you see what the underlying mission is of the devil? Okay, this, that's what is happening here. Tens of thousands flee San Francisco as liberal leaders struggle with crime and homelessness. It just get, keeps on going. Pentagon reports details, detailed plans for an assault from starships. So they're planning on using ships that are put into space by SpaceX and, you know, Elon Musk and all that stuff to um, participate in uh, essentially World War III. All right. Right? Praise God. And that was collected uh, through from Freedom of Information Act. Praise God. Uh, listen to this. AP Newswire reports sweltering streets. Hundreds of homeless die in extreme heat. What do you, can you imagine what it's like to be? You know, they're saying 45.5 degrees Celsius. You, you realize that's like 113 degrees, right? Can you imagine trying to live in that? And then they're inside it. They're just baking in these tents out in the streets. It's just horrible. And how many people have lost their homes, have lost and all that because of the subsidies over the pandemic that they were receiving. And then suddenly the subsidies are pulled. And then now they're behind on their rent. They're behind on their mortgages and they are losing their places to live and they have children with them. And now they're part of the homeless. But nobody ever thinks about that because we're too busy watching the lies coming out of the mainstream media. Next one up. Five major United States cities already on track to break their 2021 homicidal totals. Guess we must defund the police a little bit more. Mm-mm. Midterms, please. We're in danger, folks. People are not awake. Let's go. Germany to fire up coal stations as Russia squeezes the gas supply. No, they're not. You, because of the sanctions, Canada won't fix the doggone pump on the on the gas prom feed. But Anyway, we believe what we are told, don't we? Because we're sheep, just like Jesus told us. Right? Next one up, the United States Army drops high school diploma requirement amid severe problems with recruitment. Did you hear that? 
<laughs> uh, but, of course, they all have to get inoculated, right? All right, praise God. Next one up. Jetpack Man haunts the pilots again in uh, over in uh, California. <laughs> I, I had to throw that one in there. That is just too weird for words. Next one up. Israel takes part in a secret U.S. talks on Iran, Saudi, and Qatar with others, according to the Wall Street Journal. What does that mean? What are they talking about? What is the plan? And why is Russia suddenly starting to be nice to you know, Israel? There's a lot of strange sociopolitical and political dynamics occurring across the world. It's kind of hard to stitch it all together, isn't it? Listen to this headline. Ivanka Trump for 2028. The Simpsons prediction about Trump's daughter becoming the U.S. president goes viral. If that happens, I'm going to give myself a swirly. I think I'm going to stick my head in the toilet and just flush it or something. I don't know. That's going to drive me absolutely nuts. All right. Praise God. Next one up. 200 to 500 percent massive increase in drought induced migration in the coming years. 200 to 500 increase. What percent? Folks, I don't know how long we're going to be able to. I mean, you can't sustain this level of degradation. It's just not sustainable. I'm not going to get into the supply chain, the ripple effect. We haven't even begun to see the effects of that. Again, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase came out and he said, we're not heading into a, a, a perfect storm financially. We are heading into a hurricane. The problem is it takes – there is, in fact, a trickle-down effect that is immeasurably horrible. That is already – that tidal wave of ugly hasn't really even completely manifest. Yes, they did shut down uh, the uh, manufacturing facility in Michigan that – you know, for the creation of – or, you know, the building of, uh, you know, the uh, Mustangs because of the loss of microchips. I can tell you, again, that cable TV companies are having a very difficult time replacing broken, broken cable stuff because – of the chip shortage, uh, you know, it, don't believe me. It's going to hit every single everything. It's going to hit everything. It's going to hit everything. You, right now, look look at what's happening to cars. It, you know, look at what's happening to appliances. If you want to buy a half decent appliance, look, I, I tried to replace because I have a cooktop that's cracked. I couldn't replace it. As soon as I shifted over and said I wanted a convection stove, I was on a waiting list. When I was flying back on my job, when I was coming back on my job, I was, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the Southwest Airline, and, and, the, and the head uh, flight attendant comes out and said, I'm sorry, everybody, but we can't give you any coffee because the supply chain crisis has wiped out our coffee cups. <laughs> Folks, wait until this hits. This is, this is like standing you know, 20 feet out in the ocean as a major tsunami is about to hit. Do you know that the water recedes out way, way, way out? Before the tsunami actually comes? Yeah. Next one up. Inflation sparks global wave of protests for higher pay. Now, of course, this is all over the world. Uh, they're talking about uh, Russia's now discussing the Iran nuclear deal actively. Uh, scientists are very concerned about the way the sun is behaving right now. Everybody says that this, the heat is absolutely insane. A giant sunspot is currently facing the Earth. We don't know what that's going to break out into. There's so much. It is unbelievable. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Department of Homeland Security is warning the Catholic churches and pregnancy centers to be prepared for a night of rage. And when I don't even think we even know what's going to ultimately happen and in the long run. We just know that there are definitely political fallout ramifications for the midterm elections that haven't even been realized yet. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So buckle up. Stay prayerful. Believe in the power that you were given. Remember, uh, I believe it's uh, Philippians 3.20. Uh, uh, you know, not to him who... Wait a minute. I, I, that one I'm, I'm forgetting. Uh, but it's the one that says, um, 
that oh okay i'm going to pull this one up it's just so important hold on just a second i uh, i can't believe it this is one i i memorized so well and then of course i once in a while i have a brain damage all right so let me just type that in philippians 3 i love this one this is just amazing and this is all about what uh pastor steven is going to be talking about tonight but listen to this oh wait a minute um hold on a second is it um Hold on a second. I can find it. According to to the power that works in us. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, it's Ephesians 3.20. All right. And, And it goes, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now think about this. Put your thinking cap on. Now to him, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. It's the power that works through us in Christ. Glory to God. That, that is why we are so blessed to have Pastor Stephen Brooks join us tonight and to talk about whatever he feels led to, you know, whatever the Holy Spirit leads him to, to speak about, that is up to him. Praise God. I'm going to step back and let him take the mic. Um, and uh, just remember, uh, though, how to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm going to repeat this. I knew since 2011, I had reports coming in from all over the world about 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11. And it wasn't until about five, six years later, I read that book. And I just about fell off my chair because right there in the middle of the book, Pastor Stephen was talking about the 1111 confirmation dynamic from the Holy Spirit. That's how God works. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. And let's go ahead and bring on Pastor Stephen Brooks right now. Hallelujah. God, thank you, Jesus. Pastor Brooks, are you there? Yes, John. Uh, good evening. Hey, um, really good to hear your voice. I read, I read the book, uh, How to Operate in the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I, it, the Lord gave me so many confirmations. I was like, wow. And then, I don't know, I'm just really blessed, and I think the, the listening audience will be fantastically blessed as well to have you join us tonight and to share that and anything else that the Lord you know, placed upon, places upon your heart to share with us as well. Uh, I do believe I saw something on the Internet about possibly that you were taken to heaven at one point. I know people are you know, kind of bummed out about the way that, the, the condition of the earth right now, so, of course, encouragement is, is always welcome, you know, of course. And um, I just wanted to say thank you very, very much for joining us tonight. I, and I, I will fade into the background with my little virtual folding chair and turn the electronic ecclesia over to you, brother. God bless you for joining us. All right. Well, thank you, John. And I, I greet you and your wonderful wife, Nancy, and the uh, great team there at Tribulation Now. I tell you what, I enjoy what you're doing on your radio broadcast and on your internet ministry because you talk about a lot of great subjects that uh, that are not spoken of in church with clarity. So I, I appreciate your bravery, just like John the Baptist of old, to step in there and to talk about things that help people to understand the truth and see a biblical perspective. So uh, tonight I've been asked to teach on the subject of the spiritual gifts. As many of you know, there are nine spiritual gifts 
and I want to uh, cover them very quickly tonight. We have one hour, and uh, I just taught on the spiritual gifts, the nine gifts, with the underground church in China, and uh, we spent probably a little over 20 hours covering these gifts. Well, so if I'm you a, want to I'm go a, longer, I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt, and there is a little bit of a delay, so of course that messes things up a sure. little bit. But I did, did want to let you know, if you feel led, and it doesn't, you know, it, it, I, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but if you feel led by the Holy Spirit to go past the one-hour mark, we have a, a grace period of 30 past that if you feel led to take it. Um, I know it's hard to get such a lot of – this is a voluminous, so it's up to you as you feel led. And I know you're a very busy man, so God bless you for the time that you are willing to spend with us. Thank you. Oh, thank you again so much, John. And um Yes, we'll condense it down. We'll try to get into the meat and potatoes of it. And, of course, these wonderful subjects we can expound upon, but for the sake of brevity and also for, sometimes for the sake of our memory, let's try to hit the main points. Now, I know many of you, you're kicking back right now listening on the Internet, on the various blog channels and so forth or podcasts. Why don't you grab your Bible if you have one close to you because I'm primarily going to be teaching from the book of 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, and let's just get started right now in verse 1. Praise the Lord. I'm so happy to be on tribulation now. What a blessing. Now, verse 1. The Bible says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Well, the word ignorant doesn't mean, you know, like you have a low IQ or something. It just means that you're not aware of something that the Holy Spirit, that God, wants us to be enlightened concerning. But I find it fascinating that one area of the church where we seem to not have a lot of knowledge in a particular area would be the exact area that Paul writes that God does not want us to be uninformed in this area. So my friends, let's have a good understanding, a basic grasp of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And with that, we position ourselves to have more of a supernatural life, praise God. Uh, God doesn't want you to have a mediocre life. Uh, God doesn't just want you to cruise through life and never have an exciting day. Trust me, with the Holy Spirit manifesting, uh, you'll have plenty of moments of great delight and joy in the Lord. Now, verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these speechless idols, however you were led. Well, let's stop just for a moment and consider the context of the church that was there in Corinth. Paul, referring to some of them who were, uh, when they were saved, their background was not Jewish, where they would have had knowledge of God's commandments and God's instructions. But from a Gentile perspective, they primarily were pagan. So along with that, you have all the superstitions and you have the lifestyles that would lean towards hedonism. But you would have that especially there in Corinth because it was a modern-day sin city. You had, the, uh, you had various temples there in Corinth, one of the biggest ones during the day, uh, also there, of course, during the day of Paul, was the temple of Aphrodite, the goddess of love. And this temple had a lot of money. They had a lot of financial resources where they actually kept on staff 1,000 cult prostitutes. And uh, it was a very busy city because the city was blessed with two harbors. 
And so it was an international trade exchange route. You had sailors coming in every day. You had traveling salesmen there all the time. The city had 33 wine shops. There was also the Temple of Poseidon, because a lot of people worshipped that as their god, particularly the sailors. You had the Temple of Apollo, the Temple of uh, Hermes, the Temple of Venus, and even a theater. Isn't this nice? A theater that sat 14,000 people. So it was a bubbling metropolis of a city in the ancient world, but it was very, very sinful. So Paul said that I don't, he said, you know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these speechless idols, however you were led, either led by idols or even led by the priests of the temple. But he says, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God can call Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Church historians tell us that in the church there in Corinth, it obviously would appear that there were times when somebody, a Christian, would stand up and say, Jesus is accursed. (laughs) Well, of course, nobody who's born again and saved would ever do such a thing. Uh, But yet somebody might do that and say, well, the Holy Spirit led me to say that. No, the Holy Spirit would never lead you to say something crazy like that. And on the other side, Sometimes people would stand up and say, Jesus is Lord. But again, if that's not inspired of the Spirit or it's not done with a clear understanding of what you're saying, it also has no meaning. You know, I've ministered uh, multiple times in India, and I could just go up to somebody in India, and I could ask them off the street, is Jesus Lord? And many times they will say, yes. But you have to understand, I could be speaking to a Hindu. And there in India, over 300 million gods are worshipped. So they consider Jesus Lord, but they also consider all of these other gods Lord. So Jesus is just another figure stuck in the pantheon of gods. So he's really not Lord, even if they say Jesus is Lord. So Paul says, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same. Now, diversities, that means different kinds, different kinds of gifts. So there's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Each one has a distinct difference. And what you'll notice in your life or also in, uh, in, in the work of the Holy Spirit as he manifests through you is that sometimes these gifts are not singular. They often will manifest several of them at the same time. In other words, if you take your hand and you go to grab a weight and lift that hand, sometimes you don't just use one finger. Sometimes you might use two or three fingers. And it is possible that when the Holy Spirit will manifest, you can have several of these gifts working together at the same time so that God's will is accomplished. Now, we have uh, different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There's also differences of ministries. And the word ministry here in the Greek is the word uh, diakonia, and it means to serve. So wherever you're serving at, uh, those signs, those gifts of the Holy Spirit will follow you. We can all go different places. Many of you listening to me, you have access in the realms that I don't have access into, but you can flow in those gifts, and you can make a difference right where you're at in your own unique calling that God has given you. Praise the Lord. 
Now, we also have diversities of activities, which would be different kinds of activities. And the word activities in the Greek is the word energema. It's where we get our English word energy from. And this basically means how the gifts are expressed through the individual that the Holy Spirit is manifesting through. Now, this begins to play into the area of our personalities, and we all have their different personalities. And sometimes people can be loud. Sometimes they can be soft. Sometimes maybe people might uh, shout or others might uh, be more calm and relaxed. But the Holy Spirit is going to work with the way that God made you, and that will come out in these various activities when the Holy Spirit is manifested. Praise God. Now, let's go to verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, it's, they're given uh, to the believer. These are gifts given to the believer. And the word gifts that's also used in this chapter in the Greek is the word charismata. And char, uh, the word charis means grace, and the mata means the grace given to. So these are grace gifts given to God's people. Praise God. So you technically can't earn them. You can't say, God, I'm going to do 100 extra push-ups today because I want the gift of working of miracles. The gifts are distributed by the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit wills. But at the same time, we are told to, to greatly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So while, while they are given by grace, you need to desire them. And your, your desire uh, for the Lord to grant these gifts into your life will cause there to be uh, a, a special touch, praise God, where perhaps you not only have the gift, but you can have it in a very strong measure, a very strong anointing. Now, again, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, I like that phrase, manifestation of the Spirit. Let me be the first to say that I, I like good preaching. What is preaching? It's proclaiming the gospel. And at the same time, I also like good teaching. What's teaching? It's explaining the gospel. But as much as I like preaching and teaching, if that's all we had and we had no manifestation of the Spirit through the spiritual gifts, you're going to sense that something is missing. So I, I just encourage preachers that when you, when you minister, if you're going to minister for 30 minutes, save the last five minutes, at least say five minutes at the end, and give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to manifest there in the meeting or through you with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Woo! Praise God. And when you do that, uh, God honors his word, and so often the Holy Spirit does move. Now, it also says that the manifestation of the Spirit or the coming forth of these gifts is given to each one for the profit of all. In other words, these gifts, you want them in your life. Why? Therefore, your profit. Therefore, your betterment. Uh, God has designed them to help put you over in life, praise God. So they are expedient. They are useful. And it also means in the Greek that they are profitable, praise God. All right, now, having covered a few basics there, let's actually now begin to jump into the nine gifts and exactly what they are. Four to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Now, my friends, I want you to pay careful attention because, as John knows, we are living in the last days. You can't just be cruising in life half asleep at the wheel. You're going to need to be alert and be sharp 
and let the Holy Spirit help you because he'll keep you safe, he'll keep you protected, but you're going to have to walk close with God in the days in which we're living, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit will also help put you over in a special way. Now, again, we have the word of wisdom. And notice that out of the nine gifts, this gift is listed first. Why is it placed there first? Because really, if you look at all nine of them and even examine them, the way they're used in the Bible, you'll see that this gift is the preeminent gift. Now, we also have to recognize that the gift that's best is also the one that's most needed at the time. But let's say you're just having a really good day, and everything's normal, everything's going good. It's not like you really need a miracle or something like that, but the Holy Spirit could manifest, and you could select and choose which one of the nine would you want. I'm telling you, you really want the word of wisdom because it is, it's life-altering. And it is true that one word from God really can change your life and take you from a place, perhaps maybe an area where you're struggling, and put you over into a place of victory. Praise the Lord. Now, this here is not described, it's not identified as the gift of wisdom. But notice it's called the word of wisdom. It's not, it's not like an encyclopedia set of wisdom. It's not a big, thick book on wisdom. It's just a word. So what is the word of wisdom? It's a supernatural revelation of the plans and purposes in the mind of God that deal with the future. Now, this could be dealing with your future or a word of wisdom to come forth on a different scenario for the future of a corporation or something like that. But let's take it individually. In the mind of God is contained all of the wisdom of the world, all of the wisdom of heaven, all of the wisdom of the universe. And God can take one little piece of that, one word, maybe like just one sentence, and he can give you that word of wisdom, and that word of wisdom will reveal to you, unveil to you something that you're supposed to do. A word of wisdom will always have an instruction. That's why wisdom is so priceless, because wisdom carries an instruction. If you follow the instruction, it will work for you. Now, let me say this. You can't take somebody else's word of wisdom that God gave to them and try to grab it and make it yours too. It will only work for the individual that is directed towards And I'll show you that in just a moment. Praise God. So one of the greatest examples in the Bible of the word of wisdom, and there's many all throughout the scriptures, Old Testament and New, but one of the greatest examples is Matthew chapter 17, verse 24. If you have a Bible close by, you've really got to see this one with your own eyes. Some of you have read it before, but maybe you didn't quite catch the fullness of what was taking place here. It says, when they had come to Capernaum, Those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, Yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes, from their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, From strangers. Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. Verse 27, Nevertheless, Lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened this mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. My friends that are listening, I want to ask you a question tonight. 
I want to ask you this question. In order to pay your tax bill, whether it's federal or state, whatever it might be, have you ever gone fishing and tried to catch a fish and open up his mouth and pull money out of it to go pay your taxes? I've never met anybody in my life ever that's done that. Not only in my life or my parents' life, I've never heard of this ever. What is this? What's going on here? A word of wisdom. The Holy Spirit gave Jesus a word of wisdom. Jesus turns around and gives that word to Peter. Now, here's the, here's the golden rule. A word of wisdom that's from God. We're not talking about something that maybe somebody fabricated in their minds or something like that or human error. But a true word of wisdom that comes from God, if you will obey it, because it will always have an instruction, if you will obey it, it will work for you 100% of the time, every time. Wow, praise the Lord. And you know what happened. Peter went down there. And, uh, and that, remember, this is a professional fisherman. And he has to think, well, this is crazy. But he has already seen so many miracles that Jesus has worked. He has learned not to question things like this. And so although he's thinking, this is crazy. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to throw a hook in. It doesn't, have any, it doesn't even have bait on the hook. But he puts the hook down into the water, and a fish bites it. He pulls it up, and there's the exact tax amount, a coin, to pay for the taxes. Remember, you put the Lord first. You pay his tax first, and then, Peter, you can go pay yours. <laughs> Always put the Lord first. Amen. But, my friends, these words of wisdom, they can help you get your tax bill paid if you're stuck. I'm telling you, God can help his people. Now, remember, with all of the gifts that we're looking at tonight, Please don't try to do what some good theologians have done. There, there are many good theologians, but some who, who do not understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit, they've taken these gifts and they've put them on a human or intellectual level, and they're not. If you do that, you'll get nothing out of them. All nine of these gifts are in the supernatural category. You can't explain the first gift as just being like some kind of gift to be a smarter person because you have wisdom. No. All of these gifts are supernatural. The word of wisdom is a supernatural gift. How about the time that Elisha told Naaman, the Syrian army general, who had a very bad case of leprosy. He told him, go dip in the Jordan River seven times and your skin will be made whole. And Naaman thought, that's the craziest thing in the world. I've got a skin disease. Why do I want to get down in that old muddy, dirty river? That's probably going to make it worse. <laughs> but what is that? Again, it's a word of wisdom, and it may sound crazy, but if it originates from God, it will work. And so the prophet gets that word from God, delivers it uh, you know, uh, through a servant to Naaman, and Naaman's about to leave, but his, his servants talk him into it and say, look, you've traveled all this way. Why not just go for it? You don't have anything to lose. And so he does. He dips seven times. And after the seventh time, he came out of that river with brand new skin, just like a child. And imagine that, an older man who's a general, who's probably had scars and wounds all over his body, along with the leprosy. He's going to go back to his home country with brand new skin. There's not a beauty salon on the face of the earth that can ever touch anything like that. This is the raw power of God. Is it a miracle? Yes. But what originated the miracle? The word of wisdom. I believe there's somebody listening to me that within the next few days, a supernatural word of wisdom is going to come to you, and it's going to help you in an area that you greatly need it. 
If you're listening and that bears witness with your spirit, say amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I've had some unusual experiences with the word of wisdom. Um, I'll tell you one that's kind of like uh, like lighthearted. It's kind of funny. I was ministering one time in Taiwan, and I traveled to Taiwan, and I'm, I'm preaching. But before I went, two weeks before the conference took place, I was at home in America, here in North Carolina, and I was at my house, and I was shaving. I was there in the bathroom. I was looking at myself in the mirror, shaving. And when I was shaving, I heard the Lord speak to me. And the Lord said, take off your Timex watch. I'm going to give you a Rolex watch. I thought that's the funniest thing I ever heard. I'm not hung up on money or wealth or anything like that or any luxury items. But I thought, well, if God wants to do that, I'm all for that. So I took off my little plastic uh, Timex watch, which had been serving me very faithfully for many years, and just laid it down. And then a couple weeks later, I'm ministering in Taiwan. And a man walked up to me, and uh, he, he gave me some money, some cash. Then he went sat back down. Then he came back up again about a minute later and gave me a Rolex watch. After the meeting was over, I said, uh, could you explain to me what's, what's this all about? He said, well, I was sitting there in the meeting, and the Lord told me to give you my Rolex. So I walked over to you, and I didn't want to give it to you, so I just gave you some money. And I, I went and sat back down, and the Lord said, I didn't tell you to give him cash. I told, I told you to give him your Rolex. So he said, I got back up and gave it to you. And I'm, I'm happy that I can do that. Uh, by the way, little side note, don't feel sorry for the man thinking perhaps he's walking around without a Rolex. I found out later that he's got over 50 Rolexes alone. He has a whole luxury collection of watches. And, um, and so God just tapped him to be a blessing. Amen. And I pray that he has many more. You know, after the conference was over, I showed that to the host, the man that had invited me to minister. I said, isn't that sweet? Isn't that so nice that Jesus did something like that for me? He said, Pastor Stephen, that's so interesting. He said, uh, there were some months back, I was in my bathroom, and I was shaving. And when I was shaving, I heard God speak to me, and God said, take off your Seiko. I'm going to give you a Rolex. And he held up his hand and showed me the beautiful Rolex that somebody had given him because God touched their heart to give it. Praise God. Amen. Somebody might think that's a little bit strange, but my friends, uh, the word of wisdom, it can bless you in many, many ways, but you have to do it. Uh, I don't believe that I would have received that little precious blessing if I had kept the other watch on. The Lord said, take it off. Not that there was anything wrong with it, but I just obeyed the Lord. Amen. There's some of you, God wants to give you an upgrade, and God's a good God, and he wants to be a blessing to you, do something nice for you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I could tell many more examples about the word of wisdom, but let's move to the next one, which is called the word of knowledge. Now, notice again, the word of knowledge is a word. It's not, an, it's not like God's going to throw an encyclopedia set at you and say, suddenly you now have all knowledge. That's not how it works. It's the word of knowledge. Similar to wisdom, in the mind of God, you have to understand that God has in his mind all wisdom, but in his mind, he also has all of the knowledge of the universe within his mind. And so what he can do is he can take a, a little word of that knowledge. It could just be one sentence. It might be two, but he can take that word of knowledge and give it to you 
And the next thing you know, you're walking in a very happy moment with the Lord. You're walking in another breakthrough. You're walking in another blessing. What is the word of knowledge? It is a supernatural revelation of certain facts that are in the mind of God that deal with the past or present. Now, word of wisdom is always going to point towards what's ahead of you. But a word of knowledge is revealing supernatural knowledge that... Only God knows regarding something, perhaps concerning your past or even your present. And again, we see Jesus exercising this gift because he was exercising these gifts consistently in John chapter 4. While you're turning to John chapter 4, understand that all nine of these gifts have been active throughout the Bible except for two which are only unique for the New Testament church. And those, that, that would be tongues and interpretation of tongues. But even before that, you had the other seven gifts of the Holy Spirit in manifestation throughout the Old Testament and, of course, throughout the New Testament and even currently today in church history. Now, let's go to John chapter 4 and see the word of knowledge in action. And uh, let's go to verse 16. Jesus said to her, this would be the classic story of the woman at the well. He said, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Oh, he's a prophet, all right. He is the prophet. (laughs) He's the one that Moses and all the others were talking about when Moses said, there's coming a prophet similar to me, but he's going to come later. That's who Moses was talking about, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the great prophet. And here he is, as we would say in Pentecostal circles, reading her mail, uh, telling her information that he, he, you know, this is not stuff he's pulling up on social media. Of course, they didn't have that back then, but he's getting all of this, all of these intimate details about her life. He's getting it from the Holy Spirit. It's called the word of knowledge. And then we see in verse 28, the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Praise the Lord. My friends, Jesus, when you read through the Gospels and you understand what the word of knowledge is, you'll see that with Jesus, the word of knowledge was popping out of him all the time. I mean, he's walking along on the road one day with his disciples, and he sees a man up in the tree and says, Zacchaeus. And uh, thank God Zacchaeus didn't fall out of the tree. He probably, Zacchaeus probably thought, how in the world does he know my name? Well, Pastor Stephen, obviously Jesus knew who he was. No, they didn't know each other. Zacchaeus didn't even know what Jesus looked like. That's why he's up in the tree so he could at least see who this man is that everybody's talking about. Jesus didn't know who he was. This first time meeting, and the Holy Spirit, through a word of knowledge, gave Jesus that man's name. And then Jesus didn't stop there. He, he, then he moves from a word of knowledge of getting his name to a word of wisdom. And he says, come down today. I'm supposed to have a meal with you. Now, can you imagine going up to a total stranger and you tell them, I'm supposed to come to your house today and eat lunch with you. And, oh, by the way, I've got 12 real hungry men with me. 
You do that to a stranger. Somebody says, you're crazy. I don't even know who you are. I'm not feeding all 13 of you. <laughs> but again, if it's a word of wisdom, I'm telling you, it always works. And he goes over to Zacchaeus' house, and the next thing you know, there's basically what we would call like revival. People are repenting. Zacchaeus is repenting. He's making his life right with God. I'm telling you, my friends, the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, are for you today. And the word of knowledge really is like a breakthrough gift. Often this, this gift comes first. Why? It, it breaks you through, and then it allows people to lower their guard. When you tell something uh, to someone about their life that is so secret that nobody knows but them and God, trust me, you've got their attention. And once that happens, then you can be able to minister to them much, much more effectively. Praise God. Now, this gift is coming to somebody listening tonight in a new way. You're going to begin to realize, my goodness, this gift is starting to operate in my life. If that is you, lift your hands and say, Jesus, I receive it in your name. Wow. Praise God. That's a beautiful, beautiful gift. Now, let's go to the next one. We have the gift of faith. Um, this is not normal, everyday faith. This is not the kind of faith where you say, like, um, I, believe in, uh, I believe the story of Jonah is real, that he was swallowed by a very large fish. I believe it, or I believe that, you know, the Israelites uh, crossed the Red Sea. Uh, this is not normal faith where you believe the Bible, where you quote John chapter 3, verse 16. But this is a supernatural faith that comes upon the believer, and many ministers like to call it special faith. We could call it uh, like explosive faith, but I think special faith is very uh, a very good way to identify this gift. Now, what is it? It is the God-given ability to receive a miracle. It's when that anointing of the Spirit comes on you with great power, and it positions you with this incredible faith to receive a miracle. See, normally you would not have that level of faith to take hold of that promise or to believe God for that thing that he says he'll do for you. But when that special faith comes on you, it turns the normal average Christian into a lion. I'm telling you, it's incredible. I've had it come on me at different times, and it's suddenly like you had an engine that got supercharged. <laughs> and you're not afraid of anything. You're not afraid to ask. You're not afraid to go for it. Why? Because you know God's in it. You're actually touching and being allowed to use a very tiny portion of his faith. And remember, all it takes is a mustard seed of his faith to move a mountain. And so when that, when that gift comes on you, it is very, very explosive and powerful. And, and then again, of course, when it lifts off later, because these gifts, they don't, they don't just stay on all the time or else you'd go crazy. You could, the human body couldn't handle it. But when, particularly when special faith comes on you, it is so strong that after the accomplishment is done and the gift lifts. Sometimes I've had it, I've had it lift, and I think, my goodness, what did I just do? I can't believe I did that. Why? It was so daring and brave, but it worked. <laughs> but I would never normally ever do some of these things I've done. I can only do that when the gift of faith comes upon me. Now, let me say this before we get to it. When I speak in a few minutes about the gift of working of miracles, you have to understand you cannot get into that gift without special faith. 
to get into the working of miracles, this gift comes first. It comes upon you with special faith, and then you step into that activity of working a miracle that the Spirit is manifesting. Praise God. Special faith. Hallelujah. This is one of the big ones. This is one of the, um, one of the power gifts. You have three power gifts. It's special faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles. And these are the power gifts. Why? Because they do something powerful. Praise God. Amen. Now, let's move on next to the gifts of healings. I want you to notice that in the original Greek, the word gifts here is not singular, but it's actually plural. So it's gifts of healings. And there's a reason why it's plural. But first of all, let me describe what the gifts of healings are or what this gift is. It is the supernatural manifestation for the healing of sicknesses or diseases without any natural source or means. And when I'm referring to natural source or means, I'm talking primarily about, you know, doctors or medical science. It is God's raw healing power. You didn't take any pills, no potions, no lotions, nothing. God came in and healed you. One time I was working out and I was doing bench press, and I was in a hurry that day, and I thought, well, instead of doing my normal workout, I'll speed it up by condensing it. So I put a whole lot more weight on the bench press, and I didn't warm up properly, and I went to go uh, bench, and I did one rep, and when I got to the second rep coming down, I completely tore my right pectoral muscle. Well, I struggled. I got the weight off of me, and I set up, and I felt that burning, searing sensation in my pectoral muscle, and I grabbed my chest area, and I said, God, I repent. That was so stupid that I did that. I should have known. I'm, I'm older now. I can't do that without warming up. I, I apologize. I repent, and I ask you to forgive me, and I, I, I also ask, and I trust that you will bring healing into this area. Well, my friends, um, believe it or not, uh, it was a, a few months after that where I was doing some bicep curls, and I didn't warm up properly on that, and I tore my biceps. Here I was in my late 30s, and I'm acting like I'm in my early 20s, and it hurt so bad. It wasn't as bad as a tear as what I did on my pectoralis major muscle, but it still was really bad. And so now my, my left arm was messed up. My right, my right shoulder area is messed up, but I know that God is Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer, and there's times in life we make mistakes or maybe we have a slip or a fall, or something just didn't go the way that we want it to go, and now we have an injury, we have something torn or hurt. But one day, as I was sitting on the couch in my house, God's power through the Holy Spirit, who is the power of God, the Holy Spirit, now of course he lives in every individual, but this was a manifestation of the Spirit with gifts of healings, and he came in, and he came over me, he overshadowed me, and his heat and power went through my body. It felt like warm oil was being poured all over me, and it was like my, my chest muscle was being stitched back together. At the same time, my arm muscle was being stitched back, and I, this lasted for about maybe about two minutes, like a glory bath. It was incredible, and then God's presence lifted, and I said, I'm healed, and I jumped up off the couch, and I walked briskly to the uh, – there was a gym close by, a workout area, 
went in there and started moving some weights around and realized I was completely healed. Oh, hallelujah. God wants to heal somebody tonight. Before we conclude this teaching tonight, I want to pray for the sick because God is a healing God. Now, in my ministry, God has given me a healing ministry. And remember, it's uh, gifts of healings. The reason why is that this gift can be varied. It's a wide spectrum of things that God can heal. Of course, he can heal anything and everything. But in my ministry of healing, God has given me a particular anointing in the area of backs. And while I'll lay hands on anybody and pray for any type of sickness or disease, when it comes to backs, uh, my success rate uh, is, is just uh, is very, very high in this area. Why? God has anointed me in this area. And th- there's gifts of healings. So some guys, they're really good at ears, deaf ears and things like that. Other people good with people that are uh, uh, mute and can't speak. But for me, when it comes to backs, there is like some kind of supernatural faith that comes on me because God has anointed me in that area. And in these areas of scoliosis, for example, which would be curvature of the spine, I've had tremendous success. I prayed for a man one time that had scoliosis for 38 years. I laid hands on him in the name of Jesus, prayed over his back, and he went home that night. And he moved a television that weighed, I think, like 100 pounds from where it was to another room. He said, Stephen, never in my life could I ever have done something like that. God completely healed his back that night. I've had many, many testimonies of people healed of scoliosis under my ministry and also multiple sclerosis, which many times affects the spinal cord and begins to destroy, uh, it destroys the nerve endings and it's horribly painful. I was ministering in Israel one time. Sid Roth had asked me to go to Israel with him, and I was praying for the sick. And there was a lady in the line, and I laid hands on her and prayed for her. She had multiple sclerosis. As I prayed for her and others, a beautiful fragrance of lavender, supernatural smell of lavender began to go over the entire audience. Sid smelt it. Everybody there was smelling these supernatural fragrances, particularly of lavender. And God healed that woman that night, and it has been over a decade, and she is still healed today. She became one of my ministry partners, and what a blessing she has been. Um, But I've seen God do this in so many ways. My wife and I one time were in Jerusalem uh, uh, at the uh, Jerusalem bus stop, the primary bus station there, and uh, we had just finished another conference, and we were tired. And so we went in kind of low profile just to get a nice latte and relax and while I'm sitting at the table, Kelly goes over to uh, place the order, two lattes. While she's there, uh, two elderly Jewish ladies strike up a conversation with her, and they're, they're talking about how bad their backs are hurting, all the aches and pains and so forth. And Kelly pointed to me. She said, that man over there is my husband. God has given him a healing anointing for backs. And so they come over to me, two Jewish women, so that I could uh, pray for them. I said, all right, I'll pray for you. Be glad to do it. I said, here's the deal, though. I've got to pray for you in the name of Jesus. And when I said his name, they're in a very orthodox-type setting. They became very alarmed. They said, oh, oh, don't say that name in here. You'll start a riot. <laughs> we don't believe in him. We don't like him. We don't want anything to do with him. I said, well, if you want me to pray for you, I've got to pray in his name. That's where the authority and power is coming from. They said, okay, just, just do it as low profile as you can. I said, all right. 
So I asked the first lady, I said, just stretch your hand out. And I grabbed her hand very gently. I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke all of this pain, all of these back problems. And she said, something warm, something hot is coming through me. I said, that's God's healing power. Just receive it. And the next lady, I said, stretch out your hand. And when I went to reach for her hand, I was reaching with my left hand because I'm left-handed. When I reached out to touch her, suddenly my whole hand from the tip of my fingers all the way to my elbow caught on fire. Now, it was a spiritual fire, but I saw it. The two ladies, they – how can I say – they saw it. One, the lady I was reaching towards, she leaned back and she said, my God, what is that? <laughs> because flames were coming off my arm. I said, that's God's fire. That's God's healing power. I, I said, do you want it? She said, yes, and she was terrified. And, uh, but I touched her, and it went right through her body, God's healing power. She was completely healed. And the other lady said, wow. She said, I was thinking she was drinking her latte. She said, I thought somebody had spiced my coffee with some kind of liquor. She said, I am burning up with fire. I said, it's God's healing power. God loves you. And so uh, they, we talked just for a moment as I tried to minister just a little to them about Jesus being the true Messiah. Then they realized their bus had pulled up, and they had to leave. But when they were leaving, they were walking like women that were drunk with the power of God. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I feel the anointing right now. And I'm going to talk more about the gifts, but if you need a healing in your body, particularly if they're somewhere in your back, then lift your hand right now, and God's power is going to touch you. Somebody, yes, you have a back problem. Uh, it could be quite severe. Maybe even somebody has been in a car accident. You've had vertebrae blown out. You have real issues or a bike accident. Lift up your hands. Lift your hand. Somebody also, you're, you're listening, but you have severe eye problems Put your hand on your eyes and believe God right now. Father, I just thank you for those that are sick. I thank you that Jesus Christ is the healer. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I thank you that he has commissioned me and anointed me to pray for the sick. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, for those that are hungry and believing you for a touch of healing power, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, touch them now from the top of their head to their soles of their feet. I curse and rebuke every back problem, spina disia, multiple sclerosis, scoliosis. Loose them in the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit of infirmity, and I release God's power into your body now in the name of Jesus. Somebody is healing. Uh, uh, their eyes are being touched right now. Receive. And many of you are feeling God's fire upon your body. Now give God praise and thank him for healing you because his gifts of healing are for today and God loves you. He never changed his name. He is still Jehovah. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is still your healer. Praise God. See, my name is still Stephen Brooks. I've never changed it. If I wanted to do that, I have to go through legal proceedings. But God has never changed it. His name. He's still Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who heals you. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, my friends, let's come to a miracle. Excuse me, to a gift, which is miraculous. Let's come to a gift that many people are praying that will come into greater manifestation we are on the cusp of seeing the greatest revival that the earth has ever seen. Times are very troubling. Brother John has shared 
the news reports. We are aware of the deception and lies in the New World Order and all the garbage that those of darkness want to perpetrate upon the people of God. But my friends, God is about to release his glory and his power in the church in a very, very mighty way. And we're about to see a gift, one of the most sacred gifts come forth, and it's going to stagger people because not only will it be taking place in the houses of God, taking place amongst the people of God, but because... Now we have high-resolution megapixel cameras because we have 1080p and 4K. Many of these raw miracles are going to be recorded, and they are going to be broadcast, and there's going to be people around the world see it, sometimes even live. And you know what? They're going to have to make a decision. They will see not, They will not only hear the gospel preach, but they will see the power of God. Yes, years back, T.L. Osborne went to India. And he ministered to the Hindus, and he preached a very, very simple gospel message. And then he concluded his sermon by saying, this gospel is true, and God will back it and perform it with signs and wonders. Give me ten blind people. And they took ten blind men, and they put them up on uh, the area. And these were people that were blind from birth. All their family members knew them. And T.L. Osborne said, Buddha can't heal these people. Muhammad can't heal these people. There is only one person who can, and I'm going to pray in his name right now. He prayed in the name of Jesus, and God opened the eyes of all ten of those blind men at one time. What is that? That is the working of miracles. It is coming back to the church. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. (laughs) You know, um, when that happened with T.L. Osborne's ministry, the prime minister of India uh, called the meeting that day. And they said, we have got to get this man out of this country. He will turn the entire nation into a Christian nation. And they deported him that night (laughs) out of the country. Glory to God. You know, I had a a very special uh, moment in my life. Uh, The first time I went to India and I ministered, um, we had uh, in one meeting, we had an outpouring of the spirit that was so powerful that it was full-scale healings. It was, there was so much healing power that God released that I had some of the older senior ministers say to me, they actually said, they said, Pastor Stephen, we have not seen a meeting like since T.L. Osborne came here back in the 70s. I said, well, God's power is here. Let's just enjoy it. And we had a beautiful, beautiful time in the Holy Spirit. There were Muslims that were saved in those meetings not only because of the teaching and preaching, but but because of the power of God happening right in front of their eyes. And remember, divine healing has always been and always will be God's dinner bell for the lost. What I mean by that is back in the olden days of the cowboy chuck wagon, the the cook would ring the dinner bell. That meant uh, dinner's ready, and that meant everybody's coming running because they're hungry, they're ready to eat. Trust me. When sinners who need help in life, or they have a daughter that's sick or something like that, they don't really care what you preach. As long as they can see God's power heal the person they love, or maybe they need a miracle. And I've seen God heal unbelievers because it is the vine that grows over the church and goes out into the world. You know, I was having a barbecue one time at a family member's house in his backyard is where we were having the barbecue and there was a real long branch from
from an orange tree that was in the neighbor's house. The orange tree was actually planted in the neighbor's house in a different behind another fence. But the branch was so long it reached over to where we're, we were at. Well, while we're waiting for the barbecue to cook, we just reached up to the branch and ate a few oranges. They're hanging there right in front of us, and they were really good. And yes, it is legal and lawful to do. Why? Because it's now reaching over to our property. That's the same way God's grace is with healing, and often he'll use it as a calling card to win the lost to Christ. Praise God. What is the gift of working of miracles? It is a supernatural intervention by God into your everyday, ordinary course of life. Praise the Lord. Now, let me be the first to say that God's laws, God's natural laws are good. He's the one that actually made them. The law of gravity is good. All of these things are good. But when, a, when the gift of working of miracles is in operation, temporary. In other words, that gift is going to lift, and then certain things that are natural laws will return back to their normal state. Now, uh, when you uh, go down to Egypt and you look for the area of the Red Sea where the Israelites crossed from Egypt and went through the, the waters that were split, can't really find it. Why? The waters have returned to their place. That was a working of a miracle when the water split and they went through. Three million people going through, not only going through, but going through on dry ground. Praise the Lord. By the way, also one of the greatest miracles of the Old Testament because there's nobody walking through there pulling an oxygen tank. There's nobody being pushed through there on a wheelchair. God healed every single one of them. They all walked through. didn't matter how old or whatever the case might be. They're walking, and God had brought healing to all of them. Praise the Lord. Now, there's the working of miracles that we're talking about. We see that with the parting of the Red Sea. We also see it with the ministry of Jesus, water to wine, turning that water into tasty wine, uh, the raising of the dead. And he was a miracle worker. And my friends, God is still working miracles today. Now, when I minister, it takes a special anointing for me to get over into that realm of working of miracles. I wish I could say it's more uh, common, but it's not. But I'm praying for it to be so. I'm really seeking the Lord for greater manifestations of this gift of working of miracles. One time I was ministering in an area of Jerusalem that's called the Steps of Ascension. There was a large tour that we were involved in, about 800 people, and they wanted me to pray for the sick. I said, okay, this is going to take a while. So for two hours, I prayed for sick people, one after another, hundreds and hundreds of people. Well, right at the end, when I was almost through praying for every single person, the Holy Spirit came on me in tremendous power. The gift of faith came all over me for working of miracles, and a lady stepped up in front of me with her teenage son and said, my son has flat, he has no arches at all in his feet. I said, have him take his shoes off right now, have him take his socks off, and for those that were remaining who had not drifted away just yet, it was probably about 30 people. I said, all of you, if you've never seen a miracle before, Come over here, get up close, 
I want you to watch and pray. I want you to come watch. I want you to look at his feet because right before your eyes, you're going to see God create arches in these feet. And so uh, he, he sits down on the pavement, takes his shoes off, takes his socks off. Everybody's watching, and everybody's looking. I grabbed this foot. Now, remember that anointing's on me. I grabbed this foot, and I said, in the name, and before I can even get it out, in the name of Jesus, right before everybody, a perfect arch formed in that foot. And trust me, before that, it was flat as a pancake, and a perfect arch formed in that foot. I grabbed the other one, and I said, in the name, and before I can even finish my official prayer, God created an arch. Remember, this is a creative miracle. This is, this is not a healing of something that's been damaged that's now being restored. This is something being put in there that's not there. And God put another arch, a creative miracle, right, uh, right there in that foot also. He stood up perfectly healed, and I received testimony, of course, that he was healed uh, for good. Praise God. He's got it. Amen. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You know what? God wants to do great miracles. I think that when this begins to come forth more in the church, uh, it's going to begin to really steamroll. And I don't care what the world is doing. I don't care what kind of entertainment they're offering. I don't care what sports game is going on. Trust me, there's nothing on the earth that can compete with anybody's attention uh, like God's raw power. When working of miracles begins to really get hot and also gifts of healings really becomes more widespread, you're going to see people run uh, to know God. They're going to be looking for God all over. That's why we need more ministries. That's why we need uh, websites uh, and good uh, podcasts like the one I'm talking on right now, Tribulation Now, because people are going to want to know, how can I get my life right with God? And by the way, can you pray for me? Amen. And yes, God's going to flow his power through you. Position yourself and get ready because we're going to go out uh, fulfilling the Great Commission. See, the gospel must be preached into all the earth, and then the end will come. I personally know that there are hundreds of people groups that have never heard the gospel. They've never even heard about what a Bible is. They don't even know who Jesus is. But my friends, we're going to get the Great Commission fulfilled. Hallelujah. And God's power will be in full manifestation. Now, let's talk about prophecy for a moment. That's the next gift. What is prophecy? It is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. And here's the beautiful thing about prophecy. It's really a tremendous confirmer of personal destiny. You know, there was a few years back, uh, it's been about five years now, when I had a visitation from Jesus. And Jesus came to me in a vision, and he told me uh, several things about my personal life and also about my ministry. One of the things he said about my ministry, which is actually the main thing that he wanted to talk to me about, was he said, you have now finished phase two of your ministry, and you're now in phase three. Well, uh, for those of you that know, uh, a minister called into a ministry office, whether it's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, you have four phases of your ministry. And the goal is to get to the fourth one and complete it. So, you know, for me, this was a fantastic thing for Jesus to appear to me and say, you finished phase two. And now you're in phase three. 
So that was a very wonderful thing. And uh, he shared some other things too. Well, a couple of months later, it was only like two months after that, my wife and I were in a meeting in Washington, D.C., and Bishop Bill Hammond from Florida, he was there. Now, some of you are familiar with Bishop Hammond. His last name is spelled H-A-M-O-N. He has personally prophesied one-on-one to over 75,000 people. Can you imagine one at a time prophesying? Well, of course, he's been doing it for over 50 years, and when you do something and you exercise something to that degree, you can build it up and get really good at it. I said, Bishop Hammond, I said, good to see you. I said, uh, will you prophesy over me? He said, sure. And uh, I had my, my iPhone, and so you always want to record prophecies, okay? And so uh, uh, I, I hit the record button. I said, Bishop, it's ready to go. I said, I said uh, let it. I said, go ahead and share what the Lord shows you. He said, all right. And this is what he said, my friends. The first thing he said, he said, I hear the Lord saying that you have finished phase two of your ministry. You're now in phase three. And, you're, and then he began to tell me, repeat that. He began to repeat that to me through the gift of prophecy, almost word for word what Jesus personally told me in a face-to-face encounter a few months earlier. My friends, I'm telling you, prophecy is a confirmer of divine destiny. Woo, hallelujah. And it's also out of the nine gifts. It's one of the easiest ones to get up and operating in your life. <laughs> I mean, the simple gift of prophecy Paul talked about is, is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So anybody can move in the simple gift of prophecy. But, you know, if you have a strong prayer life, you can bump that gift up and you can start prophesying in a way that really can start to bless and uplift other people. You know, I was in a meeting some years back here in North Carolina, and uh, I was preaching. And in the middle of my preaching, I stopped and I looked at the pastor, and I said, Pastor, the Lord shows me that before this year is up, you're going to have your own church. And then I went right back to my preaching. Now, at that time, he was in a leased building, and he didn't really like the facility, but he was being a good steward with what he had. And uh, he said, uh, after the meeting, he said, Brother Stephen, he said, thank you for that prophecy. He said, I've got it recorded, and uh, I'm going to track it. I said, okay. Let's see what the Lord does. Well, time went by, and I didn't see him for about a year and a half. But he contacted me, and he said, Stephen, he said, you said that before the year is up, God would give me my own church building debt-free. I said, I remember that. He said, on the 52nd week of the year, the last week of the year, he said, I was preaching at a Baptist conference because he's a Baptist minister. Sometimes they call themselves Baptocostal. <laughs> they, they love the Baptist church, but they get filled with the Holy Spirit, and they just, you know, keep on plugging away where they're at. So he said, I was preaching at a Baptist conference. When it was my session to speak, I spoke my message, and as I was walking down the steps from the pulpit to go back to my seat, another preacher walked up halfway and met me and gave me a set of keys. And he said, uh, uh, he, you know, this My friend said, well, what what is this for? And the preacher said, while you were up there preaching, God told me to give you my church building. It's in the same town as you. The building's completely paid off, and God told me I'm supposed to be doing something else, so I turned the whole thing over to you. It's debt-free, and uh, the church members, you can have the whole thing. (laughs) And he did. And I went and preached in that new facility 
uh, I'm thinking at least three or four times, three for sure. And I think also there was a fourth time I ministered there as well. I'm telling you, when you get a true prophecy from a true man or woman of God, oh, take it very, very seriously. Write it out. Get it recorded and write it out. I put them, the really good ones that I know that are solid coming from good prophets, I put them on my, my refrigerator and I watch them as they come to pass because they all do. It might, not, it might not happen overnight. It usually doesn't. But give it some time. Stay with it. Believe it. You'll see it happen in your life. Praise the Lord. Now, very quickly, we have the gift of tongues, which is a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. And we have the gift of interpretation, which is revealing what has been said. It's interpreting what was spoken in the unknown tongues. Now, interpretation is not the same as translating. Like if somebody's going to speak Spanish and I'm going to translate that into English, I can give, you know, a literal word-for-word translation. That would be a good example. Not that I speak Spanish because I don't, but that, that's how translation works. But this is not translation. This is interpretation because you're interpreting a spiritual language. When you speak in tongues, it is your spirit communicating with God. And in a corporate assembly, uh, there can be the public gift of tongues, and when that public gift is manifested, then there needs to be an interpretation. That way we can all understand what was spoken. And not everybody gets that public gift, which is for the body, for the assembly. Praise God. But that is a beautiful gift. And when you have tongues and interpretation, you in essence have something very similar to prophecy, but is expressed in a different way, and each are both unique. And very beautiful when they are manifested. I tell you, when you when you see somebody speak in tongues and suddenly somebody starts to hear in the spirit and can understand exactly what is being spoken in the spirit and they start translating it out or not translating but interpreting it, it's very, very exciting. It's very exciting because it means God's talking and he's sharing amazing insights. Let's get to our final gift. I saved this one for last. It's not listed last, but I saved it for last because it's the one that I least understood. It's the one at one point in my life I was absolutely puzzled about, and I couldn't figure out what it was. This is called the gift of discerning of spirits. Now, notice it's not the gift of discernment. It's discerning of spirits. And I used to say, Lord, I, I look at this, and I don't understand what this is. But there came a day in my life where God unveiled to me what this gift is, and ever since that day, this is actually the strongest gift in my life. It's also very, very strong as well in my wife's uh, life as well, Uh, but this really, really flows through me. And what it is is that in the natural realm, you have five physical senses. You have the ability to see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. So discerning of spirits allows you to pick these, to pick it up in the spirit realm. In other words, in the spirit realm, you now have the ability, when the Holy Spirit is manifesting, you now have the ability to see, hear, taste, touch, or even smell in the spirit realm. Now, for quite some time, the gift of discerning of spirits was known as the ability to see in the spirit realm. And that's very, very important and very true. Uh, Anytime you have a vision, a visionary experience, to be technical, the gift that's manifesting is discerning of spirits. You cannot have a vision 
without having the gift of discerning the spirits in manifestation. And there's three types of visions. We'll talk about those perhaps some other time. But you have to have this gift in operation for visions to take place. But what I realized is that in many ways the church was limiting discerning the spirits to only seeing in the spirit realm. Because what began to break forth in my life was the ability by the Holy Spirit to smell in the spirit realm. Those of you that are very interested in eschatology and you want to live as an overcomer in the last days, please listen very carefully. The ancient Jewish rabbis taught that out of all the five senses, the physical senses, the one that is the most honest and the one that you can always rely on is your ability to smell. Why? The rabbis taught that with your eyes, you can be tricked. There are illusions. There are mirages, and with your sound, your ability to hear, you can hear something, but was it muffled? Did they really say that? And you could get confused even with what you hear. But I'll tell you something. Smell, it is what it is in the realm of smell. And God wants to open this realm up to many of you, and often as I teach on this and also minister on this in public meetings, Supernatural fragrances and smells begin to break forth. First smells that I ever smelt in the spirit realm was in a meeting with an old-time Pentecostal preacher. And as he preached and taught, fragrances began to break out. Uh, and I, I began to smell grape juice, and I shouted out, I'm smelling grape juice, because you could, you could call out what you were smelling, and he would explain what it meant from a prophetic perspective. And I'm smelling, I said, I'm smelling grape juice. He said, that represents the joy of the Lord. Because so many of the scriptures revolving around or involving grapes and so forth, that's always uh, connected with the time of harvest, which was a happy time. Amen. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's always meant, meant a lot to me. And at the same time, my wife is smelling the fragrance of evergreen, and there's a prophetic meaning to that. So I also wrote a book called Supernatural Fragrance, and it has listed 77 of the primary fragrances that the Holy Spirit manifests. Now, I've smelt a lot of others besides 77, but those are listed in there just as a good basic guideline to help people understand these types of things. Let me give you an example of how this gift can really help protect you. I was in a meeting one time overseas, and I knew the other speakers, but there was a speaker there that I had never met before, and something – I couldn't put my finger on it. Something seemed strange with that person. Well, what happened is that when that person got up to minister, um, they really started to do some strange things. They began to talk about some things that really began to become unbiblical, and suddenly I began to smell in the spirit, and I began to smell a skunk. And then my wife, who was in the meeting also, she started smelling in the spirit. She said, Stephen, I smell a skunk. I said, I do too, and it's, it's the Holy Spirit warning us this lady… Uh, is about to do some things that aren't good. She really caused a lot of problems in the conference, uh, and she did some things. Uh, I won't say too much because I always try to uh, cover and protect people. Needless to say, she's pretty much not in the ministry anymore. I think she pretty much uh, sunk her ministry. But she was doing some really uh, uh, unbiblical stuff. But the fragrance of a skunk which is not really like a, a beautiful fragrance. It's a very displeasing fragrance. What does that mean? False prophet, fake mystic, 
You have to watch out for these things. Uh, what does it mean when you, when you smell a wet dog? What does it mean when you smell in the spirit realm dog poop? I explain all of these things, what these things mean. And uh, see, many times when I minister, beautiful fragrances will come forth like roses. Roses always represent Jesus, his love for you, his love for his people. Uh, chocolate begins to come forth that represents the presence of angels. You get these different fragrances, but sometimes they aren't pleasing. Sometimes they can be really bad, like dirty socks or, or things like that. And people want to know, what does this mean that I'm smelling? So every smell has a prophetic meaning, and these are things that in the last days, as God wants to warn us, protect us, and keep us safe, especially from all the lies that are in the secular media. One time, I heard so many lies, and I said, Lord, what is the truth? I heard one man speak, and when I heard him speak, I smelt the fragrance supernaturally of peppermint, and he spoke such truth, and it cut through all the lies. Hallelujah. Amen. Of course, it was exactly opposite what the narrative of the mainstream media was. <laughs> but God will help you. The Holy Spirit will help you in these areas, protect you, keep you safe, and bless you. Father, I thank you for your precious people, and I thank you, Father God, for the great work that you're doing through tribulation now. I pray that you bless John. I pray you bless Nancy. And, Lord, let this ministry move forward and touch the lives of many people. Father, those that are listening right now, I pray that you bless them, O oh God, and let there be a release tonight, now, and even as they sleep, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Father, your Holy Spirit will release them individually as he wills, that he chooses and he releases in certain areas. So I thank you that the gifts are going to come alive in your people. I release activation of the gifts now in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Father God, that your people are empowered and equipped to overcome in the last days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brother, will you please share real quick um, with everybody where they can go to get, you know, where's your website? Now, I can tell you, folks, if you type in uh, Pastor Stephen Brooks just in the Googles, you're, Google, you're going to have like pages of stuff and you'll be busy until Jesus comes. But um, did you have a special website of your own that you wanted to direct people to? Uh, thank you, John. They can go directly to my website, stephenbrooks.org. And there's an Perfect. online store. Books are there and so forth. Praise God. I got to tell you, brother, you just absolutely body slammed this one right out of the park. Um, I, I'm, I'm an old uh, Pentecostal from, I won't say I'm true Pentecostal, non-denominational, uh, going back uh, to uh, the, you know, the early, late 60s and 70s and got the baptism of the Holy mm. Spirit at the age of nine. And um, uh, I can tell you that this has been the most accurate teaching that I have heard thus far. And you know how the Pentecostals are. It's like, you know, you got to have the evidence of speaking in tongues. But I'm like, I've known too, way too many people that received the gift of speaking in tongues long after they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, mm. you know, everything that you said was, like when you said God's dinner bell for the lost, I, it is one of the things I teach during the prayer vigil. I'm like, folks, listen, Mark 9.25, people don't pay attention to the scripture. They just read through it and they, they miss the important stuff. It says, when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to a deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. Jesus waited for the people to come running together before he rebuked the unclean spirit. It is God's dinner bell. Hallelujah. John 14, 12, 13, and 14, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Praise Jesus. This is exactly, I'll tell you what, hallelujah. Oh, and a word of knowledge, really quick, you're going to appreciate this. So I, I, you know, yeah. I was living in at the time, and I didn't know any better, and I, 
bought off on some things that I heard in the church and whatever. But anyway, um, uh, but I was with my second wife. My first wife got into some really bad stuff. And long story short, I was with my second wife. I loved her. We went to a, church, a very small church get together where there were two people that had a really powerful manifestation of the gift of the word knowledge. So people were wrote up, you know, there was a line and one by one, the different groups, sometimes one person, sometimes a husband and wife, whatever, uh, would walk and stand in front of them and then they would, you know, touch them, lay hands on them and then give them a word of knowledge. So my wife and I walk up and we stand in front of the, 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 the folks, you know, the, the people with the gift. They laid their yes. hands on our, on our shoulders and they, there was a pause. The whole church was listening and they said, I'm sorry, but we don't see anything. A couple of years later, I caught my wife uh, being inf- infidelity. So it's amazing <laughs> looking back on it. It's amazing. Wow. Oh, I know, right? Sometimes the you know the word knowledge that you get isn't exactly what you want to hear, right? Amen. Uh, but um, yeah, go ahead, say that. Uh, speak. I'm sorry. No, you're right. It, um, it's whatever the Holy Spirit wants to share, and it is, it's something that we don't know, that God knows that he's trying to help us with. And sometimes he also can cover uh, – he can cover for us in the most incredible ways. Oh, yeah. I, I, it, it, it is truly amazing, and, and I try to help people to understand, you know, it, it, you know uh, I, this is something that, that you know, to, to, to your credit, uh, for, for me to be, uh, you know, praising God for the accuracy of your teaching um, is uh, speaks volumes, because this is something that I've, I've experienced in many parts of my life as well. And, um, you know, oh, gosh, my gosh, the testimonies are just going for you forever and ever. But I just wanted to say thank you so very much for joining us tonight. Um, you know, you didn't just hit the ball out of the park. You were anointed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that ball got Let's just say that Babe Ruth right now is saying, wow, hallelujah. So anyway, thank you so much Praise for joining God. us today, Pastor Brooks. God bless you. Oh, and thank you for the 1111 confirmation. That's where I found out about you at all. Uh, and your ministry was, um, I was dealing back in uh, 2011 was when we started the radio program. And um, I, I was getting communications from all over the world. I'm seeing 1111. I'm seeing 1111. What's this 1111? 1111. And what's fascinating is I did some research on it, and it turns out that the New Agers, which we sadly understand don't, you know, they don't really understand who Jesus is. They think he's an ascended master. And, um, yeah. But it turns out that, that they, the New Agers, 1111 means ascension. And I thought, oh, my gosh, because you know how the devil is. He has no original idea. So he's going to take that one. And he's going to twist it. He's going to tell yes. his underlings, you know what I mean? And ascension, who, who's going to ascend? <laughs> Not them. It's going to be the rapture. Right. Hallelujah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I started putting it all together. And I, I was dealing with input from people all over the world. 11, 11, 11, 11, all the years. I, then I started, you know, of course, I was seeing it, too. I mean, you know, here and there, and, you know, and, and it was always unusual, you know, kind of thing. And, but it, just at the, just in the nick of time, at the right exact time. Anyway, um, and then I, I, I was, uh, I don't know, I was, I was like, you know, I want to, uh, I, I just want to amplify my ability to operate better in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I just did a random search on Google, up popped yes. your book. I, I immediately downloaded it from Kindle, and I'm sitting there by myself in the house, 
reading through your book, <laughs> just going through it, and I hit the 1111 chapter, and I just about fell off the back of my couch because, you know, that's what God does. He, he confirms things, and sometimes he might not confirm it for a few years, and then that empowers you to be able to have great faith to help others in, in Christ understand these things. You know, once you get that confirmation from the Lord, you know, that's kind of like, um, I don't know, it's like a hall pass to say, hey, it's time to go out and preach it. Hallelujah. So anyway, thank yeah. you so much yeah. for your work. God bless you, brother. Thank you, John. I enjoyed it. And uh, I'll stay in touch. Oh, amen. Praise Jesus. Yeah. Um, we, and, and, and no doubt, I mean, if you, if, you, if you would be so kind, we would love to have you uh, join our program again sometime real soon. Um, your, your insight to the lies in the media, the New World Order, all the weird things that are happening across the world, I just call them the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate is really what I, you know. Have you seen 2,000 yeah. Mules yet, Pastor? Have you seen 2,000 Mules? Uh, my wife watched it. She said, Stephen, you need to watch it. I said, oh, yeah. well, we know about all the things. We're, we're already already know about the cheating. I said, yeah, I need to watch it just to um, see a little bit more of the details. But oh, yes, yeah. well, that's an movie, the, the such whole, a true movie. Well, well, get this: the entire Republican legislative group, the whole GOP in the state of Texas. This is public information. It was you know in articles. They went yes. and watched 2,000 Mules, and they made a uh, resolution in the state of Texas that states President Biden is not the president of the United States. So the official written resolution from the, legisl- the Republican legislators in the state of Texas, and they even threatened to in, – in text, they threatened to secede from the union on account of it. And as that spreads across and goes through AMC theaters, Dinesh D'Souza, by the way, he, he's of Indian descent, but he is a Christian, which is awesome. And, um, and they're yeah. putting it through AMC theaters across the United States. So it'll be fascinating to see what, what, what the magnitude of the impact is as these things start to unfold. Praise God. But I just wanted to share that with you. I thought you'd appreciate it. And your wife is smart. You, 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 got, you definitely want to pay attention to her. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Amen. She's listening right now, so she'll enjoy that comment. (laughs) It's it's true as it ever was. It's as true as it gets. All right. Well, thank you so much, Pastor. God bless you. Powerful program. Would love to have you back on again. And I pray that the the anointing of the Holy Spirit just explodes in your ministry. Uh, You know, uh, that, hey, listen, you know, greater things than these will we all do uh, because our Jesus has gone unto the Father. Hallelujah. And I just wanted to thank you so much for just amplifying that in each of our hearts to understand that it's for all of us, not just for a select few. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, John. Good night. All right, folks. Amen. Praise Jesus. Anyway, so it's Sunday, June the 26th, and the next program is Wednesday night, 7 p.m., Lord willing. God bless you all. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our minds. Sinners at the mercy of grace, redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you, we will endure. 
Until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice. As we lift your name on high, renew our mind, renew our soul, remove the scars from our past, and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpets sound for me? Till then we will endure We are the branches on a living tree When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Watch us as we trim our wicks, our lamps are full, our hearts are right, like those five wise virgins we will be. Your bride awaits thee patiently. Longing for that blessed sound, the dead will rise, the churches gather. I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.